welcome to another Keelhaul podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we have a lot of information to cover. We got a recent Sea of News video that talked a lot more about October uh, and what we can expect with November and December, as well as a an FAQ for Safer Seas to kind of break down some of the stuff that might give you a little more understanding about what you can expect with Safer Seas in December. Uh, also, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, the festivals, uh, Sea of Thieves uh, Fest or, and... Um, Fest of Legends. We've got some dates for those. I'll talk about them. Uh, and then, of course, I wanted to bring this up, and I'm probably going to uh, put it in somewhere, but I wanted to, to kind of talk about uh, Dread Pirate Doug. And uh, you'll understand a little bit more as we get into the podcast, but I wanted to give you a preface that it is very important that we talk about it, um, from my perspective at least, because I think it's important that we support community members when it comes to things like this, especially given the stature that he has. So lots to cover. Let's get into it. But before we get into any of that, I have to thank the patrons. They are the ones that are helping get my new PC. I have just been able to get a new, uh, what is it called? Memory card, new MVME card. Um, not technically from the Patreon. I'm spending my own money in here, but it, it's been because of the patrons that have been helping with this that I'm able to you know take some of the patreon funds to put towards uh different parts and then i'll buy other parts on my own outside of that but i'm like four parts away from getting this thing like i'm, I'm gonna frankenstein it i'm gonna you know try and get as much ready before i actually like need to so that i can actually start using the faster processor because i think that's the thing that's really been frustrating me the most i'll take my old video card and whatnot and use that and some old uh some old hard drives and whatnot and use those but really at the end of the day oh man i just need i just need a faster processor and some faster ram and stuff and i'll worry about that uh, that video card later on because that thing's that's going to be it's going to be pricey no matter what but uh all that to say that it's because of the patrons the ones that are supporting this content that love to come to the community episodes which by the way the the, the the dates for that are now up for the next three months on the discord so if you're a patron you're a captain and you're going in for the gold hoarder uh recordings make sure that you're double checking those events because the dates are not the same because of the holidays so i wanted to get those out in early so that you'd know when they would be so join into the discord make sure that you're checking out those events uh to make sure that you're keeping the times and the dates squared away but i want to thank the patrons for supporting the content so thank you to people's republic l cute balls bam bam bagel captain chonky captain hayes chateau Neuf, super pack zombie killer cloud cosmic johnson static mirror da gaming davram tv El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Godhammer 6, Trickster, Jorby Jorbs, Carl Embo, Kazia the Aficionado, Nightstar, Cryptic Slayer, Lumpy SRQ, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Space, Admiral Ors, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Norwegian, Raja the Brave, Regis Stella the Brony Pirate, Replicated Flame, Rust Belt Kid, Skamelt 666, Captain Dasm, Tommy D, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, 
Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Captain J. Rad of the Flaming Cold Sore, the Lore Chronologist Dead Eye Dre, Heger Owl, Jeff H., Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruski Doo, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, Luke Lore the Insipid Ghost, and Zam Wow. Thank you all so much for your love, for your support. It really does help. Um, I know I say that all the time, but it genuinely does. Uh, it, it really <laughs> it makes a huge impact on what I can and can't do for the podcast. Um, so I appreciate it. It really does mean the world. Thank you for supporting content creators. And with that, let's get into it. First on today's docket, um, let's let's dive into not the Sea of Thieves uh, news video first. First, I want to talk about uh, the Sea of Thieves Fest 2024 and Sea of Thieves Fest uh, Fest of Legends 2024 because uh, both of those we found out are actually going to be in July and they're actually going to be in July very close to one another. Um, so we did get the actual dates for this. Uh, we found out that the Fest of Legends is going to be running from July 19th through to the July 21st. And on the 21st, it'll be ending at about 7 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. So that is going to be a three-day event in July. Now, shortly before that, Sea of Thieves Fest 2024 will be happening on July 12th and July 13th. This is the first time that we're actually going to be getting Sea of Thieves Fest as a two-day event. Um, this was actually announced by Mike Chapman uh, with a company from uh, Shelly Preston as well as Joe Neat. They were at the EGX panel. If you don't know, EGX is the London-based uh, gaming convention that happened this weekend. Um, it looked like it was a ton of fun. It was really fantastic to see uh, a lot of different Sea of Thieves um, content creators as well as just uh, social media presence folks, um, just pirates in general. A lot of fun folks uh, got a chance to go to EGX this weekend and it was really fun to see. Um, I did not get an opportunity to watch the EGX panels unfortunately i only got small little clippets of them thanks to some of the folks over on twitter uh who were able to clip those and and post about them um and i was trying to dig into the twitch vods for egx's channel however it does not look like that is something that they uh have published so i'm hoping that rare will uh be able to have the opportunity like they did last year and put out the full video um, of their panel on their own channel uh, once they have the actual video footage from that. Um, I was really happy to see that they were there. Uh, again, on the precipice of season 10, uh, there's a lot that they want to talk about, a lot of information that they need to cover. And a lot of that is stuff that I want to talk about now as well, too. So again, just as a reminder, Sea of Thieves Fest is going to be on July 12th and July 13th. Uh, I would encourage you to ensure that you have secured your tickets for the actual festival before purchasing your hotel rooms. Um, I myself will not be going to Sea of Thieves Fest this year. Uh, uh, two trips to London um, uh, each year is is been really fun. I've had a really, it's been memorable. Trust me, I, I don't think I will ever forget those trips. Um, but I want to make sure that I am saving up. There's a lot of things that 
I've got on the horizon and I want to make sure that I, I afford myself the opportunity to do something like that as well too. Especially given that um, because of the trips that I took this year, I am out of personal time off and uh, will not be able to go to BlizzCon to visit some old friends of mine uh, that I was um, uh, have not seen since 2019. Yeah, now that I think about it, yeah, it's been four years since I've gotten to see my old Blizzard friends. Um, so I'm, I'm bummed about that. I was kind of hoping that I'd be able to uh, get to get to, but they announced BlizzCon after I had already had my plans in place to be able to go do um, Sea of Thieves Fest as well as Fest of Legends. So, and I wasn't even really planning on Fest of Legends until uh, I, I ended up canceling that that Nintendo OLED Switch, um, which you know, surprise, surprise, uh, community. Um, you guys were fantastic and actually got me one of those uh, regardless. So. Um, it's been a really, I've been a very, very lucky this year to have such a great uh, community and, and so much support that you guys really do help me out on things like this. Um, but I'm planning on going to Fest of Legends. Uh, I talked about it with the missus and the missus says that she's uh, interested in going this year as well too. So I'm looking forward to her and I making uh, the the trip of it. Um, so we will be going to, to Ohio. Um, I'm not sure how long we're going to be there. I think we'll, we might you know, just be there for the, the festival, but we haven't really talked about it. So no solid plans in place. But when I do get access to purchasing the tickets, I'll be purchasing a couple of tickets for myself and her uh, and then booking our hotels as well as our flights to try and make sure that we're getting that squared away. Um, really excited to see it this year. Uh, I know uh, after talking to Dread Pirate Doug about it um, more recently uh, in one of the past episodes, we got to talk about, you know, the current year as well as plans for the future year. It's, in you know, a little bit of knowledge um, beyond like what we actually talked about on the recording aspect of things, but it's going to be really cool this year. And I'm very excited to to see, you know, what he's what else has he's got planned for it. i know a lot of the stuff that he's got planned for it but i um I, that's for him to announce not for me to to spoil here but very happy with uh with what he's got going on for this coming year and i think it's going to be really special i really do um and you know while we're talking about uh dread pirate doug uh i think now's a really good time to kind of dive into something else about him so if you're not on social media, I don't blame you for not knowing about this. Um, but if you're a fan of Dread Pirate Doug, uh, as well as the Race of Legends um, and the different things that he has organized over the years, um, I wanted to give you a bit of a heads up. Uh, Doug has actually been laid off from his past job um, and he's been having a really hard time picking up a new job. Uh, one of the other problems that's more recently come up is that he suffers from severe nerve damage in his legs uh, that does require medical attention. And unfortunately, because he was laid off and his unemployment uh, has, has been giving him issues, his insurance for his health has been lost. Um, and it's something that has been going on since about August of this year, um, which is a, a real shame considering I know a few other people that have actually been falling on pretty hard times right now. It's a lot of people are losing their jobs. It's a real bummer. Um, he's had to list his car for sale uh, just to be able to take care of rent um, as well as other bills that are going on. Uh, 
meanwhile, he's been trying to like, you know, keep things on the up and up. He's been trying to actually, you know, ensure that Race of Legends is running and that people have activities to, to look forward to as well as planning and experiencing uh, uh, the, the fun that goes into, um, you know, organizing an entire festival for Sea of Thieves. So on top of like the unemployment and interviewing for jobs weekly, um, we all know like how much he puts in. Most of us do at least. Uh, so what I wanted to do was I wanted to kind of use this platform to kind of address the fact that someone who's been a staple in the CC's community for a very, very long time uh, could do with some help. And I'm not the only one that feels this way. This is actually something that uh, even Joe Neat uh, you know, executive producer of Rare uh, for Sea of Thieves, even wanted to reach out and talk about. This was something that he addressed at EGX. He asked folks, um, even if it's a few dollars, even if it's just one dollar, uh, there is a GoFundMe going on right now. Um, that fundraiser is set at a goal of 5000 The goal uh, right or right now, there's $3,675 out of that $5,000. Um, there has been 60 donations. It would be fantastic if uh, a lot of folks could give a little and a little can go a long way. It's way, way nicer to see like when folks have more to be able to give more. Um, I know some of you listening have already done so, and I really want to thank you for doing that. It means the world to me that you're also seeing that need and that support. And I don't ask this lightly and I don't do this often. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of saying like, if you could, even if it meant canceling your Patreon for a month and just putting that money towards donating to him, that would mean a lot to me. So if you, if you wanted to, you know, hold off on a month's worth of Patreon just to be able to take that money and then put it towards the, the GoFundMe for Doug, that would be a lot from me. Um, you know, and, and, Again, I'm not asking much. I, I, a little bit goes a long way, but I just want to really kind of like put that out there. And I'm going to have a link to this in the show notes. Um, if you want to know what it actually is, just gofundme.com forward slash F forward slash Doug, D-O-U-G dash scooter, S-C-U-D-D-E-R dash needs dash hour dash help you can always you know rewind write it down if you want to i will have a link for this in the show notes um as i usually do with links and things like that so keep an eye out for that i wanted to take some time early into the episode just to kind of let, let you all know about this because it's it's one of those things that this is important to me um that he gets this help it's it's not about like you, you know something that that was his fault this was out of his control and through all of this he has been braving it while also trying to keep things like Fest of Legends, you know, getting organized and planned out, getting, uh, and a lot of that, <laughs> you know, a lot of that stuff has to come out of pocket up front to be able to, uh, to, to reserve a lot of that stuff um, to get things rolling and stuff. So, you know, these kind of things take a lot of investment and, you know, the community wants it. So this is a good opportunity to help the the actual one person who's working on this uh, for us. So I'll, I'll leave it at this. I hope you guys all take this into consideration. I've been talking a while about it, so I'll get into the Sea Thieves news now, but I just wanted to put this out there that it's important that we support each other in times of need, especially when it's actually important with something like medical related this way. So 
hope you guys understand. Hope you guys don't uh, hate me for doing this. Um, you know, if you do, I, I really want to talk to you about why, because I, I understand that not everyone wants to hear this kind of stuff when it comes to podcasting, but he's a friend. I love him. I want him to, to do well. I want him to be safe and secure, and I want to be able to help him when I can. So I've put money towards this as well. Even Joe Neat has put in a hefty sum to help support this as well. Uh, so if you guys have an opportunity, if you have a little bit, again, I would really appreciate it. And links are in the show notes. All right, pirates. Um, before I do the Sea of Thieves news thing, there was, well, this kind of pertains to it because it's actually because of the Sea of Thieves news thing that I noticed it. Um, but if you haven't gotten a chance, I'll throw this in the in the show notes as well, too. There's a new Sea of Thieves news uh, video that came out, I believe, on October 11th. And effectively what it was was them kind of breaking down a lot of the stuff that was going to be coming alongside season 10, not just the stuff we already know about, because they did talk about some of that. Um, but they did want to dive into more so some of the other stuff, not like the actual features features uh, for this. So it was really kind of nice. Uh, they started things off with uh, kind of an, an introduction into what the video is going to be about. And in this introduction, they did a beautiful kind of um, crane or, or like drone shot of uh, a drone kind of flying away from the rare headquarters. And if, you do, if you've never seen the rare headquarters, it's actually really brilliant. They've got a main building and then four barns that are uh, built off of that main building, as well as a beautiful cafeteria with a deck on top uh, of the actual cafeteria that opens up into a pretty large field uh, that then extends even deeper to to offer like a full on uh, like you know looks like a quarter of an acre's worth of land um, that's all just green grass and it's very serene I'm very like jealous that they have such a, an awesome campus um, right smack dab in the middle of the UK and uh, so when they did this this um, flyover kind of of the the actual rare studios I noticed for the first time and I should have I should have caught on to this earlier on because uh, Jeff Pegleg Perez uh, of, of, you know, Sea of Thieves and, and Rare fandom um, have had noticed this uh, from Google Images quite a while ago, back in February, I believe. Uh, he actually noticed that there was a new building and had posted about it. He's got the receipts. Um, so credit to him for finding it. Uh, but I noticed it this uh, this this video. There's a very very large building. It's about the size of two of the smaller barns that are um, that are built off of the main building for rare. If you took two of those and you slapped them side by side, uh, they this would be about the same height, width, and length of uh, one of those. And if you don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure a majority of the rare Sea of Thieves team occupies um, three of those four different uh, barns, um, with the main building kind of being the main like entryway for a lot of the uh, the the studio. They don't really, I don't know how much they actually house in that main building because it's um, probably mostly offices for like executives and stuff. But uh, this new building is large enough that it could house an entire team now i don't know like I, I honestly don't know like the logistics of what they're doing there i've got some speculation and uh i can't really you know i can't really say like yeah this is what they're doing because i i genuinely don't know uh but some of the thoughts that i had that were around this 
pertain to what ifs. And uh, the, the what ifs that I had was, what if they're expanding the in-house development team for Sea of Thieves? Like Sea of Thieves, like Rare themselves is about two, maybe 300 uh, large as far as the studio goes uh, in-house. Now, they do have quite a few studios that do help them on a regular basis. They actually just acquired uh, the assistance of another studio to start helping out with Sea of Thieves content as well. Um, and they have been, you know, building up different teams to actually address some of the major things that we'll be talking about in the Sea of Thieves news video. So it's very interesting to see this very large building uh, on the Rare campus that was not there just a year ago, because it could mean that they're expanding the in-house development team, which personally I believe would be a fantastic thing to do. Two to 300 people, uh, given the size of Sea of Thieves, is very impressive that they're able to do as much as they do with that team. Now, you can't always throw bodies at a, pro, at a, at a problem when it comes to video game development, but there's definitely something to be said when you bring on new folks who can focus in on specific things that deal with Rare and their studio. Now, they could be uh, going into to work specifically on the engineering of the server structure. They could be uh, working on building uh, Sea of Thieves to be um, upgraded to Unreal Engine 5. Uh, they could be making Sea of Thieves 2 for all we know. They could be making uh, the new Tall Tales for uh, Flameheart or for Bell, or for, uh, which we still don't know anything about Bell. That is still a weird thing that bugs me a lot. Uh, we know practically nothing about Bell. And we also don't know anything about the three daggers in the back of the pirate led, pirate lord, but that's a, that's a whole nother episode with a whole nother like rabbit holes worth of <laughs> like weird ideas. Um, but the other thing is, is that they could be using this new structure as a way to kind of segregate, but then also insulate uh, the team that is working on Everwild. If you don't know, Rare has actually announced back in 2019 at uh, EXO, um, which is one of the London-based events that they had that was an Xbox-specific event. They also did some Final Fantasy and some uh, Yakuza announcements at that actual event, as well as announcing State of Decay 3, which... Uh, Undead Labs is just now starting to really kind of kick into gear uh, for making State of the K3. Um, but Everwild was a game that we had two trailers for, one in 2019 and then a one, I believe, again in 2021 uh, at an E3, um, or what was kind of an E3 at the time. Uh, and I could be a little bit fuzzy on those dates because it's been a while, but I, I'm, I'm going off of memory here. So I, I think that's roughly accurate. Regardless, they've been working on Everwild for a while. Uh, there's been rumors from leakers that have said that the Everwild developments had a bit of a, a reboot and they're, they're looking to try and find their voice uh, when they want to speak to whatever wild is going to be. They've got some fantastic uh, concept art and some some preliminary work on the game, but realistically, we still don't know anything about ever wild. So we want to see like where that where that goes. And this structure could be a way for them to try to give this team uh, a place where they feel like they are not just burning the CFEs team, from working on it. They may also just be, you know, having this as a giant uh, storage facility. Who knows what they're actually doing this. It could be a football 
uh, you know, like indoor football field for all we know, even though they have the outdoor one, um, could be a giant swimming pool. There's been a lot of speculation. I think a lot of folks were talking about, uh, this in, in the, in the, the comments for this. Um, I think let's see, probably an extra room for the cafeteria. According to captain Falcor, uh, captain Balzonia says hundred percent where they keep the dragons. Uh, let's see. Wandering Dutch says definitely not the last one. Uh, Ninja Theory have a brand new state of the art building built by Microsoft slash Mike or uh, Xbox. Um, Gossfather says it's a Scrooge McDuck esque money bin for all those ancient coins, microtransactions. Phil Spencer will attend his annual paddle, uh, to which I think I I said uh, it could also be the Bilge Rat coins backstock for the store. Uh, John McMurtry, the voice of Sea of Thieves, claims that it is his personal storage shed and wants to know what of it. Um, I have no response to that, but I just hope that I get that uh, golden eye standee that was in one of the other sheds that was just chilling. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, Jimmy Pike HQ just wants a new conquer. I don't or HK. I, I don't blame you, Jimmy. Um, but yeah, Jez, uh, uh, Jeff Perez uh, noticed this back on February. Um, it was really kind of cool to kind of see like I'm not the only one and a lot of speculation out of it. Uh, Carl Lambo says that's where Flameheart is being kept. Alternative, alternatively, SOT Fest has really pulled a move getting Rare to build a venue for them on site. Uh, let's see. Rare Gamer says that's Mr. Pants's barn. Mr. Pants, a, a rare game from the past. Uh, it's not even a development area where they're making a Mr. Pants game. It's literally just a big empty building that has a statue of Mr. Pants inside that the staff kneel in front of and cry mandatorily. Uh, let's see, Fishstick says it's uh, Jotaro's yoga room. Uh, Mr. Zup says it's clearly a dance club. Uh, Chris uh, wants to know uh, if do we really need to talk it or do they really need to talk about it? Because I asked, I said that they're not talking about it, but. I don't think they need to talk about it. I just think it'd be kind of cool to talk about it in general. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Spooked Dubbed says, uh, no, it's their jail where they keep all the hackers in. Uh, Michael Barlow says, honestly, wish they'd reboot Banjo-Kazooie. That's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Uh, Bullock says that's where they hide the shrouded ghost. If only we knew that would be so easy to go there. Uh, Hardway Jones says it's where uh, Christina uh, McGrath um, social media leader over there hides the bodies <laughs> i i hope i never see that building if that's the truth uh let's see ancient pop it says nursing home for burnt out programmers Oof. i hope that's not the case rare's one of the few studios i don't think they really crunch uh, which is kind of nice um let's see and then crypto projection over on twitter says i have sources familiar with with this that the building was built to store the tiers of hackers and double gun quick swappers once season 10 begins well they may need a bigger structure for that um outside of that i'm just very happy to see that they're growing uh anytime you see a studio grow like this they build an extra building especially one as large as this it is a positive um i did some research the other day and i was just kind of looking at and i don't i can't remember if i talked about this last episode so i'll try and keep it brief if i did um but i was looking at the steam concurrencies uh on steam charts just to kind of get like a gauge of where halo infinite was falling because halo infinite's been 
popping off lately. They've been talking a lot of, a lot about the content and the stuff that they're delivering with their latest season. Um, and I was really kind of curious. I was like, oh, I wonder how they're doing compared to like Sea of Thieves on Steam. Um, and oddly enough, uh, when I went to go actual actually check the charts based on what what user uh, what the the user base is over on Steam and the usage, given that. Mm, I would say majority of the uh, a majority of the Xbox first party games are all kind of on Steam. Uh, sea of Thieves has definitely been on there the longest by about a year. Yeah, it's been there about a year. Twenty nineteen because uh, X or no, no, I think it's been two years. Yeah, because Halo Infinite didn't actually come out on the first year that the Xbox Series X was released. It came out on the second year, which was 2021 in November, just shortly after Forza Horizon 5. Um, so they've had a couple, you know, years on them. So the player base is probably larger. But overall, uh, Sea of Thieves is consistently beating Halo Infinite when it comes to uh, uh, engagement on Steam. And uh, funny enough, it's not the only one. There's a, a couple other live service games that Microsoft has released first party on Steam uh, that does not quite get the headway that Sea of Thieves does. Now, it could be that Sea of Thieves is a little bit cheaper uh, and that there's, you know, it, it, the multiplayer for Halo is free. So, you know, once you buy the game, you buy the campaign, you play it, and then it drops off. So it could be an issue there. But Forza Horizon 5, similar issue. Uh, that is a game that kind of lives on forever. It's still the main Horizon game for Forza. Um, still not doing quite as well, according to the charts that I was looking at, uh, as Sea of Thieves. And Sea of Thieves, you know, in a lull in the, the time that we've had this year, where we've seen a significant drop off of player base just waiting for the next content drop to come in, um, still doing fairly, fairly well. Definitely one of Microsoft's largest uh, engaged games as far as first party goes. Uh, now, it, it remains to be seen like how big that is compared to something like Fortnite or Rocket League or Call of Duty, but to see Sea of Thieves continue to grow, to see Rare expand their studio buildings to actually see like growth within there is a positive for the studio because it means that Sea of Thieves is not in trouble. They're doing well and Microsoft is seeing fit to grow and authorize the extension of the studio to be able to house more, more employees. Um, and whether or not that means, you know, like Minecraft Mojang is, is going to be moving over to the Rare Studios or whether that means that Flix uh, Studios is going to be moving in-house. Um, it, it remains to be seen like what the logistics of this building are going to be, but it is fairly, fairly easy to just assume that you wouldn't, buy, you wouldn't build a building if you were having trouble with your game uh, as, as far as like making money. Like Sea of Thieves is, for all intents and purposes, doing well enough to be able to justify this. So fantastic to see from my perspective as someone who loves Sea of Thieves and wants to see it continue. Um, there's always going to be growth issues, but this was one of those things that I wanted to kind of call out and just be like, hey, this is kind of cool, especially given that Microsoft uh, has been cleared to purchase and, and, and effectively has purchased Activision Blizzard King, which means that there are a lot more studios as well as IP that is now uh, all owned by Microsoft. Um, if you're not too familiar, this is something that's been going on for the last 20 months. 
the litigation is ended. The uh, countries have all conceded. Uh, there's been deals made, and this has been something that I think a lot of folks are saying that it's it's going to be a positive because currently Microsoft is in third place, if you didn't know. Sony is still in first place as far as like console makers, and Nintendo is quickly catching up on Sony because of uh, the loss that Sony has taken in Japan. Nintendo has is, is won out the, uh, the, the fans. The lovers of video games, the Nintendo Switch is devastating uh, all the sales when it comes to Japan, uh, where Sony typically leads the market there. Um, but to see Microsoft do this, it means that there's going to be a lot more studios, a lot more uh, communication, and a lot more potential for crossovers. So there could be a lot of really cool IPs uh, changes that are coming over. And I joked about this on Twitter. I, I had some fun with, you know, some of the World of Warcraft content that could be coming to Sea of Thieves. Um, I could very easily see some Crash Bandicoot or some Spyro, uh, uh, you know, Emporium Cosmetics is a crossover, kind of similar to how they've done some other stuff in the past. Not saying that it necessarily needs to be in the game, but, you know, if you wanted to have a dragon uh kind of a, a livery set for your ship what better dragon than spyro really i mean you name me a better dragon in video games i might consider it an alternative but let's let's all i think it, it's pretty easy for us to agree that Spyro's kind of legendary when it comes to uh when it comes to dragons in video games i mean he's already purple and gold it's right there it's just it seems so easy at this point but I'm happy to see this. Uh, it's been a fantastic news or fantastic week as far as like gaming news goes, but really cool to see just what they're doing. But uh, let's take a break. We'll come back and let's talk about the rest of the actual video and not just the first minute that I've somehow turned into a 20 minute segment. All right, Pirates, it is time to dive into the Season 10 Sea of Thieves News October 11th video. I am very excited about this. I love these videos. I think the video team does a fantastic job of, of making them. Um, and it's it's going to be really great to have some change to Sea of Thieves, um, especially when you, when you think about some of the weird stuff that's going on in the game right now. Uh, cannons, by the way, still weird. Still some weird stuff going on with there. But anyway, I wanted to break down this video and kind of talk about it piece by piece. So uh, right off the bat, they start talking about the new plunder pass that is coming for season 10 and being able to unlock 100 levels of rewards to unlock. Now, if you haven't had a chance to look at this, I would urge you to go to the link in the show notes uh, that will be in there for this video um, because the little icons that they use for the actual game uh, uh, like stuff that comes out is very telling of the, the actual theme. Now, you can kind of make a, a, a telling on what this is going to be around. It's going to be around sovereigns. Uh, now, they have a fleur-de-lis uh, symbol uh, as well as a gold and, and uh, kind of like a like a rose gold uh, color scheme along with a purple color scheme for a lot of the livery set that's going to be uh, coinciding with this. Um, but a lot of the cosmetics look very much like sovereigns. You've got the pleated pants uh, with the the white stockings. You've got very fine leather gloves. Um, you've got uh, uh, frilly, uh, uh, um, what are they called? Cuffs 
on your like a shirt as well as a very nice jacket uh, and you have very nice hairstyles um, one of them is believe it or not a page boy haircut or more commonly referred to as uh lord farquad from shrek for you youngins out there you know what that looks like um but they've also got a standalone monocle which is great and i love i love me some stuff like that like monocles are fantastic they have a spyglass that has a spyglass on the spyglass for even more spyglassing uh they've got a belt that actually has like a parchment uh tied to it um with a leather strap which is really kind of cool uh and the the cosmic there's a compass in there oh you know i love my my compasses um they've got a really beautiful gold uh compass in there that i'm looking forward to checking out and it looks like it'll be pretty pretty close it looks like it's within the um end of the the second chat second levels the like the 20th supply or 20th level for this so I'm I'm very excited to see this. Uh, it's a very aristocrat kind of sovereign styled theme. It looks like we're getting ten more levels of doubloons, which should roughly cover the cost of the actual plunder pass. Now, bear in mind that this is just the free tier, right? Like the the free tier of the pass will get you all of these coins, these ancient coins, and you can do with them what you will. There's a lot you can buy in the future that we'll be talking about for this but i'm I, it's always really kind of reassuring to actually see like what we're going to be getting uh with this and we're also going to be getting a new makeup and and uh a tattoo set with this as well too and then there's a random pot now i don't know if this pot is a bucket i don't know if this pot is a tankard i don't know if this pot is a hat but we're getting a pot so you know do with that what you will now i covered uh guilds pretty extensively from what we know um last episode and i didn't really have a whole lot that i really wanted to talk about this week but i did notice um which was kind of cool that your ship once it is in a guild will have a new plaque and this plaque is going to be on the main mast of your ship now obviously if it's a sloop it's going to be the the main the main one that you have because you got one uh but if it's on like a uh, on a brig or a galleon whichever one has the crow's nest on it there's going to be a new plaque there that will have the the guild name as well as the level and the level i can only assume will uh, adjust based on your rank in the guild um that you've progressed with and i'm genuinely excited to see how this works out because for me uh, looking at uh, a ship and seeing what guild it is and seeing what level they are shows their loyalty, uh, shows their dedication to playing the game, but also to playing in that guild. Um, now, it's it's up to people to decide if they want others to be able to use their ship when they're not uh, sailing on it. But if you're not uh, and you have a pretty high guild level, um, that will be reflected, but also uh, a testament to the guild that you're in and how much uh, care and, and love that you have in there and as a reminder i will be doing a keelhauled podcast guild um it is uh, because of the size of it and being 24 players i am going to keep it for the patrons for now um if rare changes anything or if i find a way to make multiple guilds um i will go ahead and uh, add additional guilds and then open that up to other patrons or other people outside of the patreon uh, but i wanted to give kind of a an early access to this guild system for those that are supporting um, because they you know it's something that it's easy for me to be able to do for them 
um, that I would like to kind of like, you know, just show my appreciation, let them have first dibs if that's what they want. Uh, if it turns out that a lot of folks um, have their own guilds that they want to kick up, uh, that is more than fine as well, too. Um, it will then open up to other other people outside of Patreon. But for now, I'm going to keep it to Patreon because I have more patrons than I do available slots for the guild. And until I know how the guild system works entirely, I have to kind of keep things you know restricted for now from to a smaller pool of people. So I'll kind of let you know more about that too going on in the future, what's happening with it. Uh, if you want to be in that guild and you want to uh, kind of raise up that level, but it will be a Killhold Podcast Guild. Next on the docket, let's talk about Safer Seas. This is coming in December, and uh, the video told us about an FAQ that was published not too long ago. Um, this last week, it looks like it was... Oh, it doesn't have the date for me. That's weird. That usually does. I can't, uh, can't find the date on that one. Four days ago. It's the 20, so it was the 11th. Okay, so it came out on the 11th, and um, there's quite a bit of questions and answers for the Safer Seas. Um, and for those of you that aren't going to be in Safer Seas, it's probably not going to pertain to you, but there's been a lot of questions and concerns about, you know, like how things will work, what will, what will count, what won't count, and uh, this pretty much addresses all of them. Um, this is probably one of the more extensive like FAQs I think I've ever seen when it comes to FAQs. Uh, but to kind of break this down, first off, thank you to Shelly Preston, who was the one that typed this up. Uh, this is over on the forums and I will have a link to it in the show notes. So if you want to read over it yourself, uh, cause I won't be covering all of it. Um, I'll be covering the major points of it, but I won't be covering all of it. Then at least you'll have an idea. So um, going through the questions and answers, we'll just kind of break down some of the major ones. So do I have the same pirate in safer seas and high seas? Uh, your, your pirate is shared between safer seas and high seas, allowing you to continue your unique adventure and story between both ways to play. How will I choose to play in safer seas before you set sail? You can choose to play in either higher seas or high seas or safe seas. Uh, you cannot swap between seas in game and you will need to start or join another session to change the seas. Will high seas be quieter because some players are playing in safer seas? Everyone sailing in high seas will be brought together just as they are now. Safer seas is a completely separate set of players who do not take up or affect the ship slots in available or high, each high seas server. Um, I think the question here is actually a better question would be, will we see a meta change or a temperament change on high seas as a result of safer seas? I think that's um, maybe a better question to ask. And that is uh, almost impossible to answer because even right now, uh, each server has kind of its own mood, right? There's a vibe to each server. And if, uh, you know, some vibes are going to be spicy, some vibes are going to be chill. And if you're on a chill server and you want some spice, you can always hop servers. It's very easy to do nowadays. And, uh, you know, it, it, try and find one that's got a little bit more spice and vice versa. Uh, let's see. Can I play with anyone else in Safer Seas? You can play with a crew of friends on the same ship in safer, uh, safer Seas. It's just you and your friends. There's no open crew option in Safer Seas, which is kind of interesting because uh, it means that you're going to need to know who you want to play with, which is going to be good if you want to um, 
like set up like a cinematics thing. You don't have to worry about a slot being uh, taken up, but it also doesn't give you the opportunity to have someone who knows how to play Sea of Thieves to go in and try and Sherpa where they can. Uh, and, and likewise, no one's going to be able to troll uh, open crew members on safer seas. Uh, it's it's purely designed to be kind of a, a friends kind of chat room where you're playing Sea of Thieves just to play Sea of Thieves. How does gold work in safer seas? In safer seas, you have less risk from other pirates and therefore will earn gold at 30% the rate that you would in higher seas uh, or high seas. Um, it's so weird to say high sea because I just immediately think of the drink and I in the ecto cooler Ghostbusters version. So high seas is it's like it's tainted in my mind. Uh, there is no limit uh, to how much gold you can earn. Any items you buy in safer seas will cost the same as they do in high seas, which can get pretty tough uh, to afford. How does reputation work in safer seas? In safer seas, you have less risk from other pirates and therefore will earn reputation at 30% of the rate that you would in high seas. You cannot ever earn any reputation for Athena's fortune or Reaper's bones in safer seas. You cannot ever earn any allegiance for guardians of fortune or servants of the flame in safer seas. Makes sense. For gold hoarders, order of souls, merchant alliance, and hunters call, once you reach level uh, reputation level 40, reputation is capped and cannot go any further, being that level 40 is roughly about halfway to 50. You can continue to play in safer seas no matter what level you are, but you will not earn reputation past level 40 for gold hoarders, order of souls, merchant alliance, or hunters call. How do letters of recommendation work in safer seas? you're not familiar, letters of recommendation are one full reputation level for the cost of doubloons. You get one set that you can buy each month. I believe it's a month still, but it resets every, no, maybe it is. Oh, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's every month that it resets. You can only do it once per faction uh, per month. Um, do, 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 do. How do doubloons work in safer seas? Doubloons are earned at 100% value in safer seas and high seas. However, there are fewer ways to earn doubloons in safer seas, as many of the features that reward you with doubloons are unavailable. How do ancient coins work in safer seas? Ancient coins are earned at 100% value in both safe seas and high seas. Ancient skeletons will have the same chance to appear, appear in safe seas as in high seas, which makes sense. I don't think I've ever, it's, it's rare for me to run into a situation where I am dealing with another crew when I come across an ancient skelly. It's just, that just hasn't happened yet. I'm sure it probably has for someone, but I, I, haven't, I haven't run into that. Uh, how do season rewards and the plunder pass work in safer seas? Seasonal renown is earned at 100% the value in both safer seas and high seas. Any progress towards seasonal rewards is shared between high seas and safer seas. Any currency you earn as a seasonal reward or plunder pass reward will be earned at 100% value, regardless of if you are in safer seas or high seas. There are some trials that you cannot complete on safer seas due to features re they relate to being unavailable in safer seas. This is the big one. I think this is the one that everyone was really kind of wondering about. How do live events like Golden Glory and Community Weekend work in safer seas? Live events are not active on safer seas. You will need to head to high seas to take part in these. Uh, let's see how do shops work. 
Shops work the same. The reputation levels capped, so you won't be able to buy any emissary flags or promotions or company items after reputation level 40. Athena's Fortune and Reaper's Bones company shops you cannot buy anything from. Uh, can I find all the same treasure in Safer Seas? There are certain treasures you will not be able to find in Safer Seas. These are as follows. All Athena's Fortune treasures. Chest of Fortune. Generous Gift. Humble Gift. Rag and Bone Crate. Reaper's Bounty. Reaper's Chest, Ritual Skulls, Skull of Destiny, All Tomes, Tomes? Yes, Tomes, not Tombs, Tomes. I think I got it. I'll probably get corrected. Uh, let's see. Can I be a Pirate Legend Safer Seas? You cannot become a Pirate Legend or access any Pirate Legend content in Safer Seas. Um, so that doesn't address whether or not you already are, though, I don't think. Uh, let's see. Bearing Treasure should work the same. Uh, but you will not be able to post maps. Let's see. You can still bury your treasure and create maps in Safer Seas, but you will not be able to post maps to the quest board. You can also still take maps from the quest board. And the reason for it is there's no other crews to take it, so there's no point in posting it. How do voyages work in Safer Seas? You can still play voyages in Safer Seas. However, not all voyages are available. You cannot play any voyage related to features that are unavailable in Safer Seas. For example, Athena's Fortune Voyages or Skull Stash Voyages. Gilded voyages are also unavailable in safer seas. How do tall tales work? Uh, you can do all the tall tales. How do, how do hourglass faction battles work? They won't. How do faction hideouts work? Uh, you can still visit faction hideouts if you have unlocked them in high seas. You can still play or replay the ritual moments uh, with Flameheart or the Pirate Lord. So if you are a pirate legend, yes, you can go visit the Pirate Legend Tavern in those areas. Can I play as an emissary in Safer Seas? Emissary play is not available in any form in Safer Seas. Emissary play's core design is more reward at the cost of greater risk, being more visible to other players. There is no increased risk from other players in Safer Seas, and therefore no emissary play is available. Can I captain a ship? in safer seas it is not possible to take captain ships into safer seas playing as a captain includes all its features like earning milestones saving your ship cosmetics captain the or captain's voyages and cashing in treasure at the sovereigns is therefore only available in high seas can i progress my guild in safer seas it is not possible to progress your guild in safer seas as you cannot set sail on guild ships in the same way you cannot set sail on captain ships will there be any difference in how often world events experiences are available in safer seas in high seas the world events that are available to you partially depend on factors caused by other players for example if a skeleton fort is active and another player takes a long time to complete it, this will make it take longer until the next world event is chosen. Similarly, if another player completes it quickly, it takes less time until the next world event is chosen. With this in mind, any server you play on will always have dynamic and slightly different chances of seeing different events. Safer Seas will not be impacted by other players and therefore world events will always last for as long as they are active by default or if you are engaging with them until you personally complete them certain world events are not available in safer seas 
This means that the world events that are available become slightly more likely because they are being chosen from a smaller list. However, this will have a negligible impact on your experience overall and has been done to ensure that Safer Seas maintains a richness of experience. Megalodons are not affected by other players and as such will attack your ship with the same frequency in both high seas and safer seas. The shrouded ghost has the same rarity in both seas and the commendation for defeating it will also always count on either sea. The intention with safer seas is that you always have opportunities on the horizon that and that, broadly speaking, events that are all are available will occur with the same intended frequency as they do on high seas. Uh, talks about whether or not the megalodon, the kraken, skeleton ships, ghost ships, skeleton forts, ashen lords, sea forts, uh, sunken kingdom treasures, fort of fortune, uh, if those all appear in the Sea of Thieves. Um, so uh, megalodon roams the seas. Uh, of safer seas in the same way that high seas will attack your ship with the same frequency uh, as well as the rarity of the shrouded ghost um, so the commendation will work for both uh, kraken will appear uh, skeleton ships will patrol ghost ships will appear uh, as part of the ghost ship voyages and the ghost ship world event skeleton forts appear in the safer seas ashen lords appear in the safer seas sea forts are available in safer seas uh, sunken kingdom treasuries and shrines are available in safer seas. The Fort of Fortune is not available in safer seas. Uh, Reaper's chests and Reaper's bounties do not appear in safer seas. The Chest of Fortune does not appear in safer seas, no matter where it moves each season. Um, how do commendations work in safer seas? If you play in safer seas, you will still be able to feel the sense of progression and pride in your achievements that commendations award you. We recognize that in high seas, the shared world may affect your ability to earn commendations and achievements, but this is not a guarantee. Commendations that do not involve other crews are intended to be a reflection of your own personal achievements. As such, safer seas does not avoid celebrating this type of personal achievement that are unique to the player and their story in how they earn them. However, there are certain commendations that you cannot complete in Safer Seas due to the limited activities available. The details are below. So, Athena's Fortune, Reaper's Bones, Guardians of Fortune, and Servants of Flame. You might as well just skip all those. The only thing you're going to be able to do is the... Um, uh, what's it called? The legendary uh, hunter of the shrouded ghost. Uh, you'll be able to um, achieve that five times as a pirate legend. That's that's the caveat there. Um, the uh, rituals and the blessings you can take part in those. We talked about that. Uh, there's a whole bunch of commendations that are tied to like gold orders, order of souls. Uh, as well as like Merchant Alliance, Hunter's Call, Skeleton Thrones. Um, th all of those are unavailable. Uh, and, and a lot of them just because a, a lot of them require emissary stuff. Like if there's no emissaries, you can't get the emissary stuff. So <laughs> Skeleton Thrones still in the game, still impacting this. You cannot do them uh, for a majority of them because you have to do them with another crew 
that is not possible in safer seas um burr, 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 burr. let's see obviously ones that require things to be done in an alliance or when flying a reaper's mark flag or and hitting another crew all of those are pretty much out like anything that involves another crew is completely out um, there is only one mercenary voyage that is available, and that is the Sketchy Stranger. Find all the sketches of made by Stitcher Jim's uh, Beloved, which is over on the Reaper's Hideout um, in different locations. There are no Fort of the Damned commendations. There's no Fort of the Damned in uh, in Safer Seas. There's no Glitter Beard in Safer Seas. There's no other crews to help you carry the legend. Uh, let's see. The, commend the following commendations for Ashen Treasures. All of the uh, the tome uh, uh, tomes are, are unavailable, so you can't do anything there. It kind of goes on. A lot of those kind of the same uh, for the for the most part. Anything that involves another crew, you're not going to be able to do. Anything that involves an emissary or an alliance, you're not going to be able to do. Um, this is effectively just kind of them reassuring you, but that should hopefully give you all a pretty good idea of what to expect with safer seas it's going to be very pared down because there's just not a lot that uh that is is not tied to other crews they've, they've put a lot of emphasis on tying stuff to doing things with other crews when it comes to commendations so or emissaries for that matter and because emissaries can't be accessed it's it cuts a lot of that out Next up on today's docket, let's talk about the Gold Leaf ship set as well as weapons. This came in with the Sea of Thieves news video. It shows a brand new set. It's gold black. It has very, very just well thought out filigree kind of art on it. And it has a, a uh, an archer as the figurehead. And uh, he's got a gold bow. He's wearing a gold mask. Looks very Robin Hood. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of here for it. it. Looks pretty awesome. Next up, we have the uh, the the new Emporium content. We have a new ship set, uh, as well as a uh, or no, is this Emporium? Actually, let me double check on this because I think no, it's the Plunder Pass content that's coming for season ten. Okay, so the new Plunder Pass, which is the paid portion of the uh, part of the Plunder Pass or the the seasonal pass, um, has the new ship set. Uh, this ship set is called the Stormfish Chasers ship set. has a hat as well as a jacket and hook uh, along with a, the cannon capstan wheel hull, uh, two versions of the figurehead and the sails as well as the flag. Um, the interesting thing here is that the, so in the video they show off like a new flare um, but the flare itself is not actually listed under the plunder pass. So I'm not entirely sure if the if the flare for the cannon, which is a horrible mistake that they put those in the game, uh, is something that is going to be included with the plunder pass or something that is sold separately. Um, not quite sure there. I don't know if it was intended that they wanted to have that shown off the way they did. But um, new kind of Emporium stuff uh, in the Plunder Pass is always a good deal to, to do the Plunder Pass. It's easy to finish. Uh, and you get some really good stuff for a small portion of the actual price that they normally would be. Next up, um, 
we're gonna have to get into it we're gonna have to we're gonna have to sit down and have this conversation um spoiler warning for those i'm going to be talking about the combat section of the sea of thieves news video this came to us from drew stevens the production di director over at C uh, over at rare uh, who's been there for quite a while and is is usually pretty behind the scenes. Um, every once in a while, he'll come out and, and kind of share his thoughts on stuff that they're working on. Um, but love Drew. He's a good guy. It's good family. Don't bug him. Uh, but he goes on to talk about hit registration. Hit registration has been the bane of most people's uh, issues with Sea of Thieves. Like the, the hit registration for client side versus server side has always been um a talking point where you you shoot someone you see it register on your side it doesn't register on the on the server side and the damage isn't taken and as a result uh people get away with not murder which i didn't think i was going to ever have to say but this has been kind of an update on that they've had a specific team working on this for quite a while uh they've talked about this in the past and they've actually had some really positive changes uh, come in for hit registration. Some of these have actually been implemented already. Some of these are actually something that um, they have put in with the August and September updates. So if you've been seeing a lot of your hits uh, happen and they actually work, that is because some of the changes. And, and one of the examples that he brought up deals with long range encounters stuff that is uh, more than 20 meters apart, which there can be a lot of desync uh, involved with server versus client side um, components when it comes to hit registration. So they're saying that they're getting at about 90% hit registration for uh, long range encounters, which is pretty damn good considering that is one of the hardest things for the game to actually like register and translate into damage um, especially the further way you get from the people that you are because believe it or not a lot of this game is actually oriented off of the spire in the middle of the game it's kind of weird but it's a fact um, so for them to get to the point where things are at about 90 percent registering every shot uh, is pretty darn good but they did want to emphasize that they're not satisfied with 90 percent they would like it to be 100% and they're going to be continuing to work on that. So hit registration implements uh, are, are going to be implemented with season 10. We should see a lot better registration for shots in combat uh, in the show. Uh, the, the patch notes should reflect less of the we are aware and working towards uh, uh, hit registration for the game kind of you know stuff that we see on a regular basis the next part of it was cheating um this was this has been something that every time i go on to twitter and i go into one of the sea of thieves posts i guarantee you i could put money down on this because i'm not a gambling person but i know i could put money down on this bet and win it every single comment that uh or every single post that sea of thieves makes there is at least one person that is like anti-cheat when deal with the cheaters i'm sick of cheating uh, cheaters in the game when will you do something about cheaters and we now know that uh they are going to be implementing an anti-cheat system into sea of thieves this is something that they've been investigating for a long time 
Um, they've been working reactively as of now to kind of help try and remove cheaters as they see them get reported. Uh, some of the improvements that they've main, made uh, have actually seen a reduction in about 30% of the reports that they get. That's always tough because reports are based on when people are like, it's hard for me to say like, oh, 30% reduction in reports compared to the number of players that are playing right now or in general because if 30 percent of the player base is dropped off and you're still seeing the same number of of you know reports well all you're doing is seeing 30 percent of the player base that normally would be reporting this as not playing the game because they they're waiting for content so i trust the numbers uh, that Drew talks about. I trust that they're that they're being honest about them and that they're trying to give you the most accurate, you know, feedback as possible. Thirty percent is is a big deal, but it's not a hundred percent. And that again kind of goes back to their goal of trying to stay reactive while they continue to investigate integrating an industry leading anti cheat system into Sea of Thieves. Now, if you're on if you're on Xbox, this isn't an issue. You probably don't even care about this. Um, unless you're playing with PC players or on C's uh, where the servers are not Xbox only. I like to play on Xbox only servers because I like to know that the person that I'm playing against has the input restrictions that I have with my controller. Um, whereas if I'm on PC, uh, I know and expect that I'm going to come up against people who have uh better keybinds or more muscle memory built in or faster, you know, DPI or, you know, they can click a target or aim a target more accurately than I can. And you can still kind of get that with console, but I don't have to worry about cheaters in Xbox servers, whereas I do have to worry about cheaters in PC and Xbox servers since they're mixed. Um, now, I don't hourglass really. So I, I really have not run into this. Um, I have run into this, uh, but it has not been something where it's like constantly plaguing me. So for me, I'm actually really just glad that this is a change that is coming. Um, but I also recognize that it doesn't really affect me. So I'm probably not as passionate when they talk about having an anti-cheat system being put into the game. I'm passionate about it because I do think this is one of the most important things that they can do to help the goodwill of the game. Um, whether the anti-cheat system works will kind of remain to be seen. And I do I do believe that the the one that they're going to go with is one that is very popular and, and trusted to, to do really well. Um, if not, we also have to take into consideration that uh, with the purchase of Activision Blizzard King, um, Treyarch and Raven and uh, some of the other Call of Duty studios have been compete or com, com, no what is it uh they have been combating against hackers for quite a while and honestly do a really good job of it there's very few times where i've been killed in a call of duty game where i felt you know I, and i can watch the uh i can watch the kill cam very few times i think i've ever seen anyone actually a little sus like everyone is usually on the up and up because what happens is when they have a cheater, if that cheater is caught cheating, they don't get banned. They get sent to the cheater surfers where they fight other cheaters. And honestly, I think that's a much better way to go about it. If you want to cheat, you can cheat. 
but then you're going to be sent to a server where there are other cheaters who you can't kill and will teleport and drop kegs on your ship and then you'll just be drop it, it'll just be like you know you dropping kegs on other people's ships while your ship gets you know kegs dropped on it that will be that will be the extent of of your experience in sea of thieves congratulations i think that's a better way to go but the point being is is that there are going to be a lot more studios that combat some of the issues that come with fps games that can help kind of advise or assist with sea of thieves and see if there's anything that can be done to help kind of deter or uh prohibit cheaters from being able to ruin the experience of others because they're bad and 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 that's really what it comes down to if they were good they wouldn't have to cheat if they were you know mature they would play something that requires skill uh me being snarky on that by the way i don't i don't i don't mean any harm or, or ill will towards them uh for the most part i mean a little bit maybe a little bit doesn't matter anyway moving on um i guess yeah, there's not really much I can really say about that. Um, the biggest thing that I think that came out of this were two parts. Uh, one is the sword combat, and two is the sprint cancel animation for double gunning. Uh, sword combat is going to be changed so that hits should now feel more impactful. Um, if you hit someone and you get that initial hit, you should be able to... Um, continue with the three swipe combo and that should be more effective if you get that first hit in uh alternatively if you are blocking and someone strikes you from somewhere in front of you whether it be like really really up close or like even you know inside your character uh or if they happen to be you know off to the side as long as they're in front of you and you're blocking that block should actually block they should not be able to get around that it should be much much more reliable which feels good because it, it kind of you know instills the sense of oh i need to be smart i can't just m1 spam because if i if they're blocking it's not going to do anything especially if i can't get behind them so i'm gonna have to be a little more strategic about that and that's where kind of like the the lunge to the left or to the right or to the back or to forward you know you can kind of like uh, you can kind of like do those little little moves to kind of get you know get some mobility in there. Um, it doesn't address the sword lunge cancel uh, that honestly can be negated if you grab something after the sword lunge. Um, I don't know if that's been addressed at all, but I, I'm hoping that that will eventually get addressed because it is a way to kind of animation cancel the sword lunge if it doesn't hit, so that you don't get the penalized uh, part of that, which is you know that is an issue right there that is that is on par with the double gunning sprint cancel animation as far as yes everyone can do it no it's not intended yes it should get fixed that's my opinion on it um the other part of it is to do with the sprint cancel animation for double gunners so in season 10 they're removing the sprint cancel animation so the time between shots whether you are uh, canceling the um, the ready animation that happens when you pull a, a gun out, uh, that will be going away. It will now be the same time frame as someone who does not sprint cancel animation, which is effectively uh, they run with a gun and then they uh, swap guns and sprint. Uh, I can't remember how they quite do it, but it's like they they sprint to then cancel the ready animation. So it allows them to fire faster. 
Um, this is kind of like a, and, and there's so many people online that want to debate about what this is. If it's not like uh, double gun swapping or hot swapping or quick swapping, it doesn't matter. It's it's an animation break in the game. You are eking out milliseconds worth of time to try and kill someone faster with two guns as opposed to uh, the normal kind of swapping from one gun to the other. Um, and, and Drew actually goes in to say that you may actually find that the sprint cancel animation is actually a little bit longer than if you were just to normally swap from one game to the or from one gun to the other. This is them saying that they killed uh, double guns back in the day, back in 2019 when it became popularized and you just had to mouse wheel scroll to swap between guns. It was like mouse wheel uh, from Eye of Reach to um, your flintlock. And it was like left click, scroll, left click. And you could you could effectively hit fire both flintlock and Eye of Reach to kill someone instantly. It was almost no delay between the two. And the changes that they made to that was they killed the accuracy on hit fire for Eye of Reach. You will, you will almost never hit someone with a hip shot with the Eye of Reach. Even at point blank, there's a very little chance that you'll actually hit them. Um, Flintlock has been untouched, but the goal of that was to break that. And they increased the animation that happened when you swapped between uh, two guns. Like they increased uh, the animation that happens. And that's where the sprint cancel animation thing came in. People found a workaround to that fix instead of respecting it because the intent was is to allow for the same amount of time between uh swapping from one gun to another to give the other person an opportunity to react because in the instance with the double guns with the mouse wheel you could not react you were dead and this was one of the fixes that they put in um so a lot of people upset about this uh, a lot of people mad that it has, has removed some of the uh, nuance to the skill of, of fighting on combat. And to be perfectly honest, I actually agree with Pace22 on this. If you're going to win with double guns and you're better, you do not need the sprint cancel animation. If you cannot win, then you need to make up for it somewhere else. And that somewhere else is going to be with naval battle. Um, I honestly just agree with them. The alternative is is to swap to a sword and uh, a one gun. Like that is not going to kill you. Um, if you are doing the sprint cancel animation and that's your normal go to, sorry, I was used to double digs. Uh, I never knew about double bucketing until they took it away, and then I was like, oh, I didn't realize double bucketing was a thing. But I was very much used to double digs. I can I I've I've moved on beyond double digs. I can no longer dig stuff up twice as fast as I used to be able to. It sucks, but it's not intended. And if it's not intended, and the devs decide to act on it, then that's it. That's that's the final word of it. If you don't like it, that's the way the game is going to be. So you have to suck it up and deal with it, or you just moan and complain about it and be a real poor sport or you just stop playing and you know i'd rather you play and adapt as opposed to complain or stop playing so it's this is not a big deal in my opinion um i think if it's if anything it just helps kind of force people to think more about what they're doing as opposed to uh relying heavily on sprint cancel animations to get your shots off to take people out 
you know, maybe play around the master a little bit more, maybe use blender bombs a little bit more, maybe use fire as a, as a way to kind of like in between shots, you know, get, get some fire on the deck to be able to handle it. Maybe be better at naval, not just a, you know, stuck on the, stuck on the other person's ship, locking it down. Um, speaking of which the new call of duty beta was pretty fun. Had a good time looking forward to that open world, open world, uh, zombie mode for modern warfare three, but I still need to get level 30 in my plunder in my uh, pass for that to get that skin. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of folks upset about this and understandably, you know, you get used to something and someone's taken it away, but y'all haven't seen bad yet. Y'all haven't seen pain. You want to, th- you want to th- think about like how painful it is to play a game where they, they try and, and do something that slows down the time to kill. Let's talk about adding stamina to sea of thieves and firing a weapon costing stamina jumping costing stamina sprinting costing stamina like fortnite and not being able to like do stuff because you're out of stamina like that is a world we could easily move into so if you're if you're upset now about having to swap weapons the natural way in the game without without canceling an animation that's intended to be there to slow down the time to kill we could go a lot a lot worse we could get a lot more painful and and to to be perfectly honest if if you if you want to get nasty about it like so can rare (laughs) they can get nasty if they want but they haven't um but that is a world we could move to if this starts to become even more of an issue so the more you mess around with stuff the less fun we have because this is why we can't have nice things. Just saying. Uh, honestly, I'm so done with talking about the, uh, the 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 combat stuff. It's like, I don't know. I'm ready to just, just stick it to a sword and a gun. I, I, I like having double guns for certain occasions. You know, it's really helpful. But to be perfectly honest, like if I had to just use a sword for the rest of the game and not have double guns, I'd live with it. I'd be fine with it. It would be more difficult for defending i think like you know dealing with that but at the same time like it is what it is uh and and i know that's blase of me to say but to be perfectly honest it's rare's game um i'm just enjoying it while i can so if they decide they want to change it because other people are making things harder and you have to build a game for the general populace you you do not the the old the alternative to building a game for uh, the general populace is called Valorant, and if you if you want that game, that game is there. Um, also, Blazing Seas, uh, I think, is the name of the game. There's a there's a battle royale that is just Sea of Thieves. It's a big old rip off of Sea of Thieves in 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 a loving way, and it is just combat. <laughs> like that's all it is. Uh, you can you can always jump through that as well too. There's alternatives. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't want you to have to go away from Sea of Thieves, but at the same time, this is just how it's going to be. And, you know, I'm sure that there's things that I feel this way about that are more impactful to me. This is not one of them. All in all, I'd say that is pretty much it. We're going to be getting some new Emporium content and they're adding some Halloween clothing to the Rare store. Uh, They did release the Haunted Fortress song that's now available on all streaming services. And if you want to get a new blunderbuss, the Paradise Garden blunderbuss is going to be made available for free on the Emporium store on October 19th. You can make sure to jump on there to get that. Um, 
outside of that, I think that is pretty much everything. Yeah, uh, I just noticed roughly where I'm at with the, the time frame. So we're going to lock things down. Um, also, if I know, I know I was joking about it earlier, but honestly, uh, the Epic Store has Blazing Sales, which is kind of like an official Sea of Thieves that is available for free right now until October 19th. So if you want to try Sea of Thieves just as a battle royale, make sure to head over to the Epic Store. Uh, they have a launcher on PC and you can claim Blazing Sales for free. Uh, outside of that, I think that's going to do it um i'm working on the pc still that's pretty much it i had a really good sale today with uh mina and mike and um yeah i think that's it so uh oh by the way sorry i almost forgot uh there's new twitch drops coming october 20th through the 23rd uh there's four different things that are coming the ancestral set is coming back that is the ori in the blind forest set you can get the hull the sails the flag and the figurehead uh four items four hours make sure you claim each item before it will kick over to the next drop uh this is for see watch any sea of thieves streamer it doesn't matter who it is you can watch any participating sea of thieves streamer I love when they do this. This is the proper way to do Twitch drops. It helps everyone. You don't, it does, doesn't matter. So October 20th through the 23rd, great time. Jump in. You're going to be able to start working on guilds. You're going to be able to stream the game. You're going to be able to give people ancestral figurehead, the sails, the flag, and the hull, uh, all just for watching people play Sea of Thieves. Really cool that they're doing this. So um, just make sure that you are claiming it before you get the next drop. And I think that's going to do it. So Pirates, if you like this episode, um, plenty of ways to show your support without having to put any kind of money involved in it. Head over to the YouTube video, like it, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Um, head over to iTunes, put in a review, head over to Spotify, put in a rating. Uh, outside of that, um, you can join the Discord. There's plenty of uh, uh, folks in there chatting about games in general. Doesn't matter if it's Sea of Thieves related. Most of the time it is, though. Uh, but we do talk about some other things as well as like Diablo 4 with the new season of Blood coming out on October 17th or 19th, something like that. Something somewhere in there. We're talking about the Activision Blizzard King uh, sale that just happened with Microsoft, as well as why PlayStation is making some of the dumbest choices with their hardware line that I've ever seen. And honestly, I'm just glad that I have the original PlayStation 5 at this point because the new refresh looks dumb. And I can't believe they're doing what they're doing with it. Uh, that is going to do it for this episode. So if you want to get a hold of me, there's plenty of ways to do that. Head over to X or Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N or threads at C at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. Uh, you can write into the podcast at uh, the email address C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. Uh, join the discord is probably the easiest way to go about it and uh pirates i think that's going to do it so thank you i love you and i look forward to sailing with you on the sea of thieves